0: Hello, hello, and thank you for joining us on a brand new episode of Tide Pod. I am so excited, my friend, because you know that I get extra pumped when we have guest experts on the show. Now, let me just tell y'all, when it comes to the phrase, use your words, there are few people who actually embody it or teach it better than April Beverly. As an award-winning copywriter and CEO of the very first female-owned flat rate sales writing agency, she fuels her clients' brands with words that have generated them a collective $100 million in revenue to date. I mean, first of all, I just introduced her and these are their words were those words not convincing? Like, uh, even just sitting behind her right now, I see the smack the buy button. And even reading that, I'm like, yes, use your words. I love it. So I'm super excited to introduce April Beverly to y'all today. I really want to just go ahead and pass you the mic, April, so that everyone can kind of get to know you, learn more about your story and your background. But first, y'all, y'all know the deal. Go ahead and get settled. Get your multiple beverages organized on your desk, like close down some of the tabs so that you could actually listen with intention. And we are going to go ahead and dig in. Hello, my friend. It's Tiana Tai, team dynamics consultant and trained industrial organizational psychologist helping you to become a better leader than your last boss. And right now you are tuning into the go-to podcast for entrepreneurs building and leading teams, hiring, onboarding, management, or maybe you just want some general advice about building your business. Well, let me assure you, you are in the right place. So go ahead, crack open a fresh notebook because you are listening to TIEPOD. Today's episode was brought to you by my literal saving grace of a system, Kajabi. That's right, Kajabi. Now, back in the day, we used to host all of our courses on the main site, but I kind of always had my eyes set on Kajabi. The truth is, nothing else compares for online courses, memberships, communities, etc. etc. Kajabi hooks us up with the site, hosts all of our courses, and has the marketing bells and whistles to ensure my students are aware of all of the resources out there to help them. It's literally a win-win-win. Per usual, I'm the type of business owner that wants my systems to be as streamlined as possible, and it was really Kajabi's all-in-one focus that got me going. So you can head to tianatide.com kajabi because I've got you hooked up with a 45-day free trial. That's right, just go to tianatide.com kajabi. So April, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to talk to you. Thank you. Same here. I would love, like, I know I gave just like the super high level, who's April, what does the company do? But I would love if you can kind of just share your story with us a little bit more about your background so everybody can get to
1: know you. Absolutely. So, I'm April Beverly, known as the Million Dollar Word Stylist. I've literally been writing since about age four. My aunts and uncles used to time me doing crossword puzzles before I could even really put real words together and read. (laughs) Um, I decided that I wanted to be a writer against my mom's advice. She wanted me to be another Claire Huxtable um, so when I went to when I went to college, I snuck into journalism school. I was supposed to be pre-law, but I snuck into journalism school and got accepted long before she ever even knew. Um, I took the LSAT, did not have it scored, although she paid for it. And that's when I broke the notes no, news to her. Like, mom, I'm not trying to be a lawyer, I'm going to be a writer. <laughs> so that went over real well. <laughs> Until I started running the business and she saw that it could be a lucrative career. So when did that,
0: st- that part of your journey start? When did you start actually copywriting as a company, as a
1: business? Um, in 2011, right? Mm-hmm. Four months after my son was born was when I started the business. So he was born in June. I started the business in September. I always tell people I have twins because they literally grew up together. <laughs> Oh
0: my goodness. No, I can fully relate. Even at the time of recording, I'm actively very pregnant right now. And so, yeah, that's just very top of mind. I mean, the business has been around for a couple of years at this point, but still just when you start a business, generally speaking, it feels very fresh and very new, at least for me personally, for a while. (laughs) So I can only imagine starting it out and having them twins growing up side by side.
1: (laughs) Right.
0: <laughs> so what has, what has the evolution looked like for you, for your company? Because at this point you've been in the game for, for years and I've been familiar with you and what your company does for some time now. So, you know, whenever I got the opportunity, I was like, Ooh, I am knocking on her door because <laughs> she needs to come talk to the Tide Pod audience about smacking that buy button immediately.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um so the evolution looks like um I had been in marketing communications senior copywriter roles all throughout corporate America when I had my son I decided that I wanted some flexibility I didn't want to ask another adult for permission to spend time with my kid so that was ultimately my decision on starting the business um I started the business I was doing communications consulting for a lot of my past employers like those were my first clients I reached out to them like hey I'm going out on my own would you like to hire me to do some communications consulting some copywriting some proposal writing and I mean they were all for it so a lot of my past employers were my early clients it was just me solo with one editor a CPA and then things kind of just went crazy and I was like I cannot do all this writing myself. So that's when I started adding people to my team because the man was much greater than what I could do. And I found my, I found myself like literally being chained to my office. Like, oh my gosh, I have so many projects and so many different things to do. And it was pulling away from the the, the core reason of why I started the business in the first place, which was wanting to spend more time with my son and my family.
0: Right. Okay. That That's a great insight. First of all, you had a, a very much mic drop moment talking about I don't want to have to ask <clears throat> another human being to spend time with my child. I was like, oh my heart. Um absolutely on that. But I'm really curious then when you first started, I'm assuming it was more, you know, done for you style, wasn't it? Yes. Because okay. So with you explaining that, I can see how it became a time suck. A very, you know, we're proud you was in demand. That's a great thing, round of applause, but I can see how that just over time would just chain you to the desk, like you said. so how did things shift as you evolved? Is it still done for you services? Did you guys incorporate you know education into the company model like from a from an offers and structure perspective? Did that change over time?
1: Yes, absolutely. So now we have several segments several different types of offers, several segments of the business. So when we first started, it was strictly done for you, strictly me doing freelancing. And then that evolved a few years later. I was like, let me get into this digital marketing, this digital products game. So I started doing courses and classes and I wrote a book at that time, but it was still me. And then I said, This, like, I cannot continue this pace. So that's when I created another segment of the business, and that's called Word Stylist. And that's the first female owned flat rate sales writing agency. Um, so, what we do there is I have a whole team of writers and editors, and I just manage that piece of it. I don't do any other writing. I don't do any other whatever. I don't talk to clients or anything of that nature. I'm just overseeing, not even overseeing the daily operations. I'm really just running it from a business perspective. I have a, Operations manager who oversees the daily operations of that segment of the business. I retired last year, so I don't take on any projects. I don't do any personal clients or anything of that nature. I'm literally just running my business. Um, so I have a lot of space to breathe at this point. Um, and then I also will have a copywriting course coming out that will be available across um, at colleges and universities across the United States. That is coming out maybe Q2, possibly Q3. Um, we are in the process of building all the behind the scenes things at this point. I have an education partner who is, you know, getting all the rubrics and all those things together. So you will get real. uh it, It's a certification course. Folks will be able to get uh continuing education unit. So it's like a real situation here yeah. um, that we are building behind the scenes. So that's definitely going to be available this year. Probably Q2, Q3.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. So my mind is buzzing with follow-ups because I'm like this and this, and it's so amazing. (laughs) And I think from even just a selfish perspective, y'all know i be selfish on SciPod. I'm like, I just want to ask what I want to know about. So I hope y'all want to know about the same things. (laughs) But did, whenever you started this business, I think you said back in Mm 2011-ish, right? mm -hmm. Did you ever think That it would be 2022 and you would say the words, I'm fully retired and I'm more so just running these things right now. I'm not actively doing the work.
1: I did not see that in my future at all. Like, because mm-hmm. the funny thing is when I started the business, all I wanted to do was write. Right. right. <laughs> like, I just want to write. I don't have clients. I just want to write. But then it became like, oh my gosh, my calendar is booked up six months in advance. And it got crazy. And I, w- I felt like I was like working two, three corporate jobs at, at one point.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: but it feels it feels really good to really, like I've, I've, I've stepped fully into that CEO role. And although I did not, really picture this for myself it feels great
0: then let's talk about the mindset mindset shift that is a tongue twister let's talk about the mindset shift between being a service provider who is totally inspired passionate committed to your craft to moving into the mindset of a ceo and growing the business, scaling the business, still not, you know, I'm sure you still love the transformation that your company and the various branches provides, but that is a very different role. What has that transition looked like for you over the last few years?
1: It has been rewarding, yet, yet it's been a struggle. And that's because I'm a doer. So I'm one of those people who, when I offer a done for you service, I'm used to being the person to who does it. Um, I like to have that back and forth interaction with clients. Like I'm used to that. That's the world I've come from. And so stepping into a CEO role was outside of my comfort zone. Now I have people who are reporting to me. Um, I have clients who are thrilled with the services but you know there may be some situations some fires that I have to put out or have to make sure my team puts out I'm going on vacation and it it felt really weird the very first time I went on vacation without my laptop (laughs) like seriously I was like oh my gosh these people don't even need me around here But I will say, like if I had to say two words that to, to, to describe it, it's been rewarding yet challenging. And the, the, And the challenging piece is just me being able to let go and know that I hired the right people and that my team has my back and they have my clients back. And they understand the foundation that I put together for the brand and they trust and they believe in that.
0: Ooh, that is, look, I don't know if y'all listened, if you need to rewind, but <laughs> those who are dedicated listeners of TypePod know that that is the spirit and the core of everything that we talk about here. You know what I mean? I feel like so many times people talk about hiring their teams and bringing people on almost as like a transactional situation and they take some of the humanity out of it. But I love the fact that when you spoke to it, it was really about trust. It was really about them being invested in the vision and understanding the transformation that they were signing on to provide. And I found like, you know, I could teach y'all all the technical how to hire step one, step two, step three, step four, performance management, blah, blah, blah. We can learn all the technical things. But if what you just shared with them at its core is not there, it all falls apart and you are not going on that vacation without your laptop.
1: Absolutely.
0: Mm -mm. that laptop is going to stay. It's just going to be on your cell phone and you're going to be glued to it just the same. You're going to be downloading Slack and ClickUp on your cell phone like, oh, I got to check in. And that doesn't feel good to anybody. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I'm curious, I'm, I'm going to pull at your memory just a little bit here. So bear with me. But I find that a lot of people, whenever we start talking behind the scenes like this, it can be really, really interesting to kind of hear the order of how things actually went when they were being built out. So my question is, Uh, whenever you first shared with us, you started, you know, you're the freelancer, you're working with the CPA, maybe an assistant. How did the progression of building onto this team all the way up to where we are now, where there's word stylists and a full staff of writers, what Mm -hmm. did that progression actually look like over the years? Was it one fell swoop? We had an influx of time and capacity and revenue and we hired 10 people or was it, you know, piecemeal over some years? Can you paint that picture for us?
1: So it was piecemeal over some years. So the very first folks I hired was the editor CPA and then things got crazy. And I was like, okay, I need a virtual assistant. And then I still have my editor and then I brought on a second writer. Right. But then when I started WordStyles, we started WordStyles, that segment of the business in November, 2018. Um, and so I brought on an operations manager in October. To help us get the process set up to iron out all those details. Because we were doing like a soft launch the very first week of November. So I had her on board. But by that, by the time that happened, we had three writers. So I was ramping up. Like I knew, like I could envision, I didn't know, but I could envision what was about to happen because the demand for myself was so high. I'd already trained these people and got everyone ready and ramped up to go. So that progression of it went a little faster. Right Mm -hmm. now we have. Two editors, six writers, and we're bringing on another, we're bringing on a lead copywriter as we speak. We're recruiting for that. And then I have maybe one or two more positions that I want to fill before the end of the year. And we have an operations manager, we have a business development coordinator, and then we have someone who floats as our quality assurance slash proofreader.
0: Ooh, love it. No, see, that progression is always really helpful for people to be like, okay, I can kind of see how this flowed. Now, I'm curious, because I'm projecting a little bit just based on things I've heard my clients say, but a lot of times whenever we have someone who sat in the service provider, like, this is my thing. my zone of genius. It's me, ladies and gentlemen seat. And then we end up building out a branch like this. So, you know, someone listening, you may be the head business coach and you're building out a team of co-coaches. It's a similar concept Mm -hmm. and relinquishing some of that. I guess I want to call it creative control. Feels a little, feels a little tricky or even, you know, passing down your frameworks and making sure that they're being executed correctly can get a little wonky, a little sticky. So I'm curious, what has been your experience in that piece of this journey? Because I'm sure you're hiring rock stars, but what has that piece looked like?
1: So we do an extensive training. So the initial training is, is, is six weeks. And that's Going over the templates, going over the frameworks, going over the process, telling them how we work, um, really submerging folks into the culture of what we do and how we do things and what our clients expect, right? Over that six week time, I'm meeting with these individuals pretty much on a weekly, bi weekly basis. Because after they're going through the stuff, like it's me feeding into them saying, okay. Let's let's look at three pieces of things that you've written and let's go through them. It's not really a critique session, but it's, I love what you did here. I maybe would have done this, or I really like this. You turn that out. Like, I want to inspire them and motivate them at the same time, um, teaching them and showing them, not teaching them how to copyright because they're already, you know, that's, that's their zone of genius as well, but showing them how we do things in our space. Mm-hmm. So- I have replaced me writing with making sure that my team has the proper um, knowledge about how we do things to be able to continue on with the success path that I have created for them. So that's a very important piece for me. I don't think I will ever fully let that piece of it go. So I want to make sure that I'm nurturing the folks who are coming on board. And I may not be the one who's doing it for the entire six weeks, but I want to make sure that they see me and they understand because the brand and all those things were built by me initially. And I want them to be able to trust and believe in it and come straight from my mouth.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think that's one of the the nuances, especially if you've operated historically off of a personal brand. I've got to take just a quick second to ask you for a serious bit of support. TyPod would not be possible without your reviews, your comments, and just all of the positive feedback that we've been receiving so far. So if you haven't already, please go on, hit subscribe to make sure you're not missing out on any of this good and free content, and also be sure to leave a review. You may think that I'm not looking at them, but I swear to you my friend, I read every single review and it just makes my heart so happy. So if you haven't already done so, hit pause, leave a review, and then let's get back to the goodness. So yeah. has has any piece of that been challenging or or surprising? It doesn't have to be a negative challenging thing, it could be just a surprise.
1: Um, so I think the piece that has, well, I'll start with challenging. The one thing that has been challenging is everyone just is not a good fit. But I'm like, oh, I want you to be here. You know, I'm like one of those lovey-dovey. I'm going to take you under my wing and we're going to do everything we can. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not always the best solution. You want to make sure that, you know, folks can can drench themselves in the culture and that may not like once they're in it it may not always be the best fit and the challenge for me was learning when it's time to let go mm. okay yeah but and then on the flip side one of the surprising things is that I've 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 literally like I feel like I really got this hiring thing now. I don't want to like you know brush my shoulder off from nothing <laughs> but <laughs> I really feel like we're at a point where we have a team of people who really believe in what we do. And that's not always easy to find. Like they really believe in the things that we're doing for our clients. They get excited when our clients give great feedback. Like they really care about their work, even though they're primarily ghostwriters. Like no one really knows that it's them. Like they still have this internal sense of fulfillment and excitement and pride when our when our clients love the work that they produce. And that's not always easy to find. So I feel so grateful that we have a team that loves their work.
0: Ooh, it's not easy to find, damn near ever. (laughs) Let me just put that out there, (laughs) y'all. So I would love to hear from you. What do you think y'all's secret sauce is when it comes to finding these? I mean, it's kind of a needle in the haystack situation, mm-hmm. especially when you have, a, And you know, like I said, I've been familiar with your work for some time. When you've established a personal brand and a presence that kind of speaks for itself, it also can attract you know some not so aligned people who maybe want to join the team for a little experience go out start their own things you know what i mean like we have yes, had that happen okay so okay well i'm a, i'm going a to circle back to that question then cuz we're going to talk about it but what do you think current day now that we have this incredible team and we're continuing to build it out what do you think y'all's secret sauce is for finding those needles in the haystack
1: so i think the secret sauce is finding people who finding people who one love what they do and finding people who are passionate about community. Like, I feel like that community sense of it, even though we are, We are digitally based and I don't like, we don't, we're not all sitting in an office together. Like we still have that camaraderie, like in our project management system, we're leaving notes for people. Like we're having feedback. We have training sessions together. We have meetings together. Like, I feel like it's important, even though we're in different spaces throughout the country to have a world where people feel connected. Like not just to the work, but to each other. Like they have a sense of, oh my gosh, I don't want to miss this deadline. So I'm going to let April down. Or I'm going to let the operations manager down. I'm going to let the editor down. Or, you know, it's it's a it's a trickle down effect. So if you feel ingrained into that community, 9 out of the 10, you're going to feel some responsibility to step up to the plate and shine.
0: Ooh, it's no longer just, you know, your click up or your asana being like task overdue. There's actually yeah. other people attached to that. Exactly. Yeah. I love that perspective. Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm circling back immediately. <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about some of the, and, you know, give us as much detail as you're comfortable with, but let's talk about some of the not so pleasant or savory experiences that just happen. Like there's no, to be clear, y'all, there's no way to fully avoid all of the pain that can come with scaling your company and opening it up to other people. So we just want to learn from our experiences together. So let's circle back to that.
1: Yeah. So I have had um, a couple people Mm-hmm. who have been contractors with us because we have a combination of contractors and full-time employees at, at the agency. So I've had a couple of people who have come in, you know, I have them sign the NDAs and the non-competes and all those good things and all our templates and all those good things are protected. But at the same time, like I've had a few people come in and they leave and go start their own thing. And quite honestly, like some folks may say it's unpleasant, but to me, I congratulate you. Like if you go from here and you want to fly and do your own thing, like I'm all for it because while you may start something new, like I know for a fact that like, you don't, you can't start another word stylist because word stylist is is us. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it, it cannot be repeated. And I'm not saying you can't start another agency like it, but the secret sauce is what I've built into it. So you can go start another agency and I'm gonna applaud you. I'm gonna, you know, cheer for you. If there's something that you do that we don't do, I'm gonna even send clients your way because that, that level of competition does not, um, does not scare me any longer. Like I'm at a place where I'm very confident in where we stand in the marketplace. And I trust that we have something that's very unique and we bring something very different to the table that no one can completely duplicate.
0: Ooh, okay, I love it. And there, there were two veins of thought that I heard thread through that statement. So, part one, I'm just going to call it out because y'all know I got to help you with the technical stuff. Is we mentioned some legal stuff. So, <laughs> for those who need to revisit, we have a couple of episodes with lawyers on the show. We have some resources for you. Um, I can make sure to link them to the show notes as well. But non-disclosure agreements, non-competes within certain uh, Contexts, all of these things are things that you want to consider because I heard you mention that. But then yeah. on the on the more philosophical side of things, I love your perspective because it's the total lack of scarcity mindset and just the confidence in a Oh, but we are who we are. So I'm going to let you fly and congratulate you, but also not worried about what we got going on over here so I can support you over there. And it's like,
1: exactly.
0: yeah, you know, I've been in a similar situation I've had some clients and colleagues where it was complete opposite, like the legal was not covered, so it was legitimate theft. That's different Mm. to be clear, y'all. Legitimate theft and like someone just, you know, repurposing your IP and trying to repackage it and resell it is something different. We're not excusing that. But on the flip side, you know, I've had an intern, right? And I remember, bless her heart, Casey, if you're listening, love you to death, girl. Um, But I remember she was nervous to come to me and tell me, you know, at the conclusion of her internship that Mm -hmm. she had been inspired to go and start her own thing. And it was the same conversation where it's like, no, like I'm so excited for you. What are you thinking? How can I support you? Like what market are you going to exist in? There are so many nuances uh, in this conversation and it doesn't always have to be negative. So I love that you kind of brought that piece of the conversation to the table. Man. Okay. Look, we are ripping and rolling over here. I'm sitting here trying to keep up and think about what we need to get from this April. So I would love to hear from you. Oh, I know what I want to hear from you. I would love to hear from you just from a personal, your personal seat, your personal journey as the CEO. What has been something about your own leadership style that maybe has surprised you? Or did you kind of know who who you were and how you would show up as a leader this whole time? Like what has understanding the way you operate as CEO really looked like over the years?
1: So I've traditionally had management positions when I was in corporate America. So I understood the whole, you know, leading teams and leading projects and things of that nature. But the thing that surprised me, because I'm such a Type A person, is how laid back I am. Like I'm, <laughs> I feel like I've really stepped into a role where, I mean, I'm I'm very cl- flexible with my team. I'm very flexible with my employees. We have deadlines. You know, we are cannot be missed but there are the things around it like I'm really one of those folks who lead and understand that while the business is important what we do for our clients is important it's not your only thing and I get that our our people have families and they have personal things going on outside of work so I'm I'm really a leader who has embraced all those different things that makes my team members unique and I try to make sure that we can be as flexible as possible to keep the business running smoothly, to make our clients happy, and to accommodate those personal things that may arise. So that thing kind of surprised me, because if I if, if someone asked me to write out my leadership style, i like, boom, 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 no <laughs> room for no flexibility and all this extra stuff that may pop up, we got A, B, C, D to do. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Well, you said earlier that you were a doer, so that's not totally surprising. <laughs> Right, you thought, but it's like you've kind of tempered it with being a human and understanding and empathy, which I love to hear. (laughs) So I love the fact that you brought up flexibility and on the flip side of flexibility, a word that I know and love is boundaries, you know, and I feel like as someone, as someone who has scaled a company and has a whole staff of people, a bunch of clients, a whole family, everybody looking up to you, you know what I mean? There are so many roles and so many hats to wear in that situation. So what do boundaries look like for you as a leader?
1: Boundaries are everything. So when I first, I'll just go back just a tiny bit. When I first started my business, it was like, oh my gosh, I have someone who wants to meet with me. You want to meet at eight? You want to meet at nine? You want to meet at 10 AM? You want to meet at 11 o'clock? Whenever I'm free, whenever you're free, I'm free, right? That wore me out. Okay. So I, I established boundaries. I was only taking calls on certain days, and you know, this and the third. Now, today, boundaries look like: do not contact me after noon on Friday until Monday at eight a.m. Again, I'm getting up in the mornings. I'm working out. I'm not to be disturbed. I schedule my uh, workout time. Weekends are completely free. I do not respond to any emails, any social media messages none of that. And my team does not either. So if there's something going on with your order, uh, we are doing copywriting, not surgery. I promise you it can wait until Monday when we're back in the office. We have SLAs established at service level agreements where we are responding to Inquiries and things that nature within two business days. If it's an existing client and they have an issue, those things responded to within one business day. So we have those SLAs. My team knows that we cannot step outside those SLAs, but we have boundaries. And Monday through Friday is when we do business. That's it. I
0: love that. First of all, like this is not this is not brain surgery, y'all. Come on, let's (laughs) let's, let's, take it down a notch. We're okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I think you bring up a really great point because it is very hard. To maintain consistent boundaries with your team. If you're not maintaining consistent boundaries with your clients.
1: Exactly. Mm,
0: Okay. Great call out. Thank you for sharing that. So as we kind of wrap up this conversation, I think I'd just like to ask you an open ended question for the person who has stuck through us, stuck with us throughout this entire chat today. And they're just like, yes, I want I too want to be able to say, I'm retired and I'm just, you know, running the companies. I'm not the actual service provider these days. You know, the person who has been inspired by this conversation, what word of advice do you have for them as they continue along this journey?
1: Make sure that before you do that, that you have an actual culture created and systems in place. And I'm not strictly talking about automated systems that you know take clients from here to there. I mean, business operations, like do you have standard operating procedures in place? Have you documented training? Do you have things in place that can help your team um, survive without you? Like we have standard operating procedures for every single operation that happens in the business. I have created over 200 template emails for common questions that may arise, So my team doesn't have to say, well, what would April say? You got a whole database of what would April say? (laughs) What would April say answers? So it's things like that is you want to prepare your team for success. Don't just say, I'm retired and I'm done. Like prepare your team and your audience and your clients for success by making sure that you document it every little nuance that makes you, you. So that can be duplicated amongst your team and the people who you hire to support your clients.
0: Ooh, yes. Look, I was in a conversation with someone the other day and they were saying, you know, I was too busy doing to, to effectively document so that I could delegate, mm. right? And I feel like so many of y'all can probably really resonate with that, especially when you're in the thick of business. Because to your point, you were at a place where you was booked out six months in advance, right? And I I know that was the final word, but let me just ask one more question then. How did you fit it in? What did that actually look like to fit in making sure you were documenting as you were doing so that eventually you knew you would be able to step away?
1: So the pull away wasn't like I'm writing one day and I'm done the next. It It was a transitional phase. So throughout this traditional phase, I might have been taking 10 clients a month and I weaned it down to five. And instead of doing nothing with just those five clients, like going outside and playing, if you will, I th- <laughs> the more time that I allowed myself, the more time I focused on documentation. And then the five clients went down to three clients and then I documented more. And then I eventually just pulled myself out because at that point we had everything documented. And when I, I mean, we had, like I said, standard operating procedures, we have style guides internally that, you know, those little nuances and things that we do from a writing and editing perspective, every little thing is documented, but it took, it it was a transitional phase that I embarked upon and said, this is, this is where I want to be now that I see the complete vision of where I want to take the business. So I started moving in that direction. Uh, Thank you
0: so much for sharing that little, that little tidbit, I feel like is going to make the difference for someone who's listening and being like, but how the heck do I start this? (laughs) Absolutely. So for everyone, which I'm sure it's every single person who's checked out this episode to date, can you share with them where to connect with you? If there's any big news going on, now is the time to let them know.
1: Yes, absolutely. So you guys can connect with me on all social media, B-A-A-B writing. That's B-A-A-B writing. Keep an eye out for persuasive copywriting. That is the college course that will be coming out Q2 or Q3. I'm super excited. It's going to be marketing everywhere. So as long as you stay tuned, you will not miss it. Um, if you want to get these spine tingling sentences, you can hit up my team at stylemywords.co. That is stylemywords.co.
0: Uh, wonderful. We will make sure to have all the things, all the places linked for you per usual. Thank you so much, April. This was a fantastic conversation, and I know that everyone has a page of notes from it. So thank you.
1: <laughs> thank you so much. I appreciate you for having me.